0: This is the Find Your Forte Podcast, Technique Tuesday. You have the passion. You have the education. Now it's time for the inspiration. Get ready to step up to the podium with purpose. This is the Find Your Forte Podcast with choral director and lifestyle entrepreneur, Ryan Guth. Hey there, Choir Nation, this is Ryan Guth with the Find Your Forte Podcast, and I am delighted to bring to you today, Uncover the Joy of Special Needs Choral Students, and in this episode, I discuss ways to create meaningful relationships with your special needs students and their families in your choir program. You will learn ways to accommodate these students moving forward, both in class and in performance without depriving the rest of your choir of the attention that they deserve, Today, we have strategies for reaching out to the family, finding out their goals, speaking to the students, reaching out to the special ed department in your school, putting together a plan that includes participation in a meaningful way, and delighting in the fact that you did something amazing for a child. So stay tuned for that. I want to make sure that you know. Uh, A couple things before we hop into today's episode. Number one, I am very thankful for the Choir Nation Facebook group. Choir Nation is a very special place on Facebook. It's a group of people who know me very well that have been listening to the podcast for a long time. It is over a thousand fans of the Find Your Forte podcast, and they are just a lovely, inspiring group of people that meet, Um, They even meet outside of of Choir Nation on Facebook. They meet there and they ask questions of each other. And they're just a really wonderful group of people. So if you want to be a part of that group, I would encourage you to head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Choir Nation and join the Choir Nation Facebook group. You can always interact with me there and, of course, interact with, like I said, this over 1,000 people. Member group of amazing, awesome, inspiring choir directors from around the country and around the world. Lastly, you should know that I need your financial support to make the Find Your Forte podcast more successful. I cannot do everything myself, and I am looking to bring on a little bit of a staff moving forward to help me with my PR and some other promotional things, some editing things, and I could really, really use your help. So if you can afford $1 per episode, at minimum $1 per per episode, that's about $8 a month, which is a trip to Starbucks as far as I'm concerned. If the Find Your Forte podcast brings value to your life, I would suggest that you head over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com forward slash find your forte, and you can make a one-time commitment that is a recurring pledge on a monthly basis. Uh, Basically, it adds up every podcast I do in a month, which is no more than eight, and it will charge uh, your credit card, debit card, whatever, um, based on that number of podcast episodes times the amount you, you pledge. So if I do eight episodes and you pledge $2, that's $16 per month. Or you can pledge as little as $1. I even have I have a bunch of people, even at the $4 level, that do $4 per episode as well. So I really appreciate it. it. It is something that is integral to the success of this podcast. So... I thank you very much if you are a, already a Patreon supporter, and if you are not, I would love to have you, again, over at patreon.com, dot com forward slash forte. Let's hop into today's episode. So, like I said, you know, there's definitely a joy in reaching a special needs student and their family, and I want to preface this, all these instructions I'm going to give you with the fact that when you take the initiative to reach out to a special needs family, you are doing something that most teachers do not do, especially in the music performance world where we're very wrapped up in what the end result is going to sound like. And uh, this, this really brings up a lot of um, anxiety for us, is, is you know, and we wanna make sure that we're taking care of our special needs students. Um, we want to make sure that we also are take, taking care of the general population of our choir as well and not affecting the product in a, in a negative way. So what I think I'm, I'm going to do here for you today is help you to be proactive and solutions oriented and come at, um, you know, solving um, issues with your special needs students and their families in such a way that you're you're more or less in control um, and you have a say in what the solution is going to be rather than having it potentially dictated to you through an IEP or something like that. Now, of course, IEPs are legal documents and you need to to keep in consideration um, the items that are on the IEP, but potentially by, ha- by having a proactive conversation like I'm about to address, you will be able to to even be one of the ones that will contribute to that IEP and the solutions that will help your special needs student. Okay, so first thing that needs to happen is that you need to reach out to the family. Uh, And this is something that most teachers probably don't do unless they have to. But if you reach out to the family and say that you are interested in learning more about this child and that you want to find a meaningful way for them to be involved in your program, Uh, you are going to have an instant friend uh, in that family. So I think that phone is best. And I think if it's totally necessary and you can't get somebody on the phone, that you should send an email to the family requesting a phone call. And I think when you're dealing with special needs students and especially families that can sometimes be litigious uh, and have a reputation with the school or the school district, it's important that families are able to hear And listen to your voice, your inflection, um, how articulate you are in in wanting to uh, help them uh, make a really, really meaningful educational experience for their their son or daughter. So what I would tell you is have a verbal phone conversation if possible. Um, I don't think you need to invite them in, but if you do have free time to invite a family to come in and speak to you, I mean, that's the best, obviously, but... I think phone is is perfect. A little pro tip: I use a appointment scheduler whenever I ask somebody uh, to talk to me on the phone. I use a appointment scheduler called Schedule Once, uh, but Schedule Once is a little bit more geared towards business. But uh, there is a wonderful. Uh, Scheduling tool um, called Calendly, which is C A L E N D . L Y, that helps you find a common time for a meeting or phone call, and will even send out reminders to both parties as to when your call is going to begin. And uh, it's so you, it eliminates that back and forth. You know, how is Friday at six? Ah, six doesn't work for me. How about how about six thirty? Well, you know, why don't we just do next Monday? It allows you to have a calendar that is linked to your calendar um, that you show um, times that are open for you. You can even block off and highlight times that you don't want to be available. And then you just send a link over uh, via email and say, would you mind booking yourself in my calendar? And they book themselves at a time that's convenient for them. You eliminate any of the frustrating back and forth and... And nobody forgets their appointment because they get emails reminding them of when their appointment is going to begin. So, as a pro tip, I would use something like Calendly anytime you need to reach out to a parent. But uh, in this situation, I would love to, I I think you should use it as well. So, I'm going to leave a link uh, to Calendly on my show notes page, which is ryanguth.com forward slash TT049 for Technique Tuesday 49. So reach out to the family. That's number one. Once you reach out, you want to find out their goals for their student, okay, or their son or their daughter. Because if you go to them with a how can I serve this student better attitude, um, they're going to have to think about what are those things that they're looking for and what are those conversations that, you know, mom and dad have at home uh, about, gee, I really wish the school would do this or I really wish that... um, my son or daughter would be able to do this in this class, and listen to what they have to say and take notes. I think taking notes is important because uh, of something that I'm going to tell you about uh, a little bit later in the episode. Make sure that you restate the parent's goals for the student in your own words so they know you're listening. You know, if I understand you correctly, what you're saying is blank that kind of thing. Uh, So they know that you are truly listening because it's probably been a long time since a school teacher or administrator has truly listened and hasn't just tried to get through the paperwork. So I think that's very, very important. You also want to filter all your commentary, maybe your response commentary through a I want this student to be successful and show him or her uh, in the best light possible. And what I mean by that is that sometimes you're going to have a student who's not going to be somebody who's going to be a real singer for you in your choir. Maybe they're going to have another role. And sometimes when you're listening to, to um, a parent um, you have to remind them that I want to show off your student, uh, your son or daughter, I should say in the best light possible. Um, if there's a, a child who is not, uh, you know, maybe has um, hearing a hearing disability and is not able to, you know, match pitch or, or something like that, sometimes you're going to have to find a creative solution that shows off that child in their best light. And sometimes singing isn't that. So it may be a difficult conversation to have with a parent to say, you know, um, we're going to have to do a little extra work um, in order to, to make sure that your son or your daughter is able to match pitch. And there's a potential reality that your son or daughter might not be able to. That's just an example. And that we're going to have to try to find another meaningful way for for him or her to be involved in this ensemble. Um, and I think it's important that you disclose up front that you know, you're know you looking to show off this, this child in their best light. And that may not be in the standard way students are, are participating in, in choir. So um, I think having that full disclosure type of conversation is very important, but also showing that you're not going to give up um, without at least exploring and trying to see, as an expert, whether you can um, get this student to participate at that maximum level. Obviously, after the conversation, you want to log that contact, um, especially when when you know there are many special education parents that can become litigious, and you want to log the contact in your student database or your grade book, or at least maybe send an email to yourself, or even send an email to the family as a follow up, um, just saying you know it was great talking to you. Um, you know, and just send some bullets about the conversation uh, back to the parent. That way, they have nothing that you could, they can even argue about with you. Um, also, if you can speak to the student, um, if the student is able um, to speak with you and have a conversation with you about what their goals are, I think you should have that conversation as well. I think the parents are first, uh, and then the student would be second. Um, you don't need to mention to the student that you spoke to their parents, but I think you should just have a nice candid conversation with that student and find out what their goals are. Why do they want to be in choir? Um, and if you need to suggest op- options for them, I think that's also something um, that might be really helpful if you have a student that has, has a difficulty with um, their verbal skills. You know, what was it to make friends? Was it to sing better? Was it to be on stage and perform or learn to read music, just have fun? You know, what are you looking for? And you could also ask what else, you know, to encourage deeper thought. You know, if they say, well, yeah, I want to have fun, and you can say, what else? And it might encourage them to dig a little bit deeper and come up with an answer of their very own. And then again, after that conversation, log the contact. Make sure um, that you send an email to mom and dad. Saying, saying, you know, I, I, I spoke with, with Jimmy today and he told me that his goals are this. I'm very I'm very glad that it aligns with what you believe the goals should be or, or something like that. Just so that you have another log, um, and, you know, in, in an email or something like that. So the next thing you want to do is speak to the special education department and or music therapist uh, about your notes. Obviously, you took some notes on the parents. You took some notes on a child. And these notes could potentially be added to an IEP uh, for future teachers to reference or even for you to reference later yourself. Um, and I know that special education professionals uh, really do appreciate all the information they can get because their caseload is usually pretty big. So if you have some specific information about a child, it would be good for you uh, to share that with the special education department, and even see if the music therapist, uh, if if a child is studying with a music therapist, um, can help you with some of these goals as well. So that way, you, it's a team effort. And then you want to put together a plan that includes participation in some meaningful way. Now that's class participation, concert participation, and even potential um, non-singing, non-musical participation as well. So in class, I would say to assign a choir buddy to help the the, uh, student be more successful. You can't be everywhere at the beginning of class and if a a student comes in and they're looking forward to seeing their choir buddy, the choir buddy will make sure they're in the right place, make sure they have their their pencil and their folder and potentially can sit next to the student um, and help guide them through the rehearsal if they need a little bit extra help, Um, if they need if they need a, a a friend, that's also a really wonderful thing. Somebody just to pat them on the back and say you're doing a good job. I think a choir buddy is a really really great system to have for a student who has special needs. Maybe you want to give them a job and make them feel like a very integral part of the success of your ensemble or your class, and and um, and show your appreciation for them uh, by giving giving them some kind of job. So maybe they help you set your chairs at the beginning of 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 the Uh, class or erase your board or maybe even take attendance uh, or that kind of thing so um, if you give a student a job you're going to make them feel more invested and I mean it's a great thing for any student but especially a special ed student uh, maybe if you have a student that has uh, behavioral special needs uh, giving them a job would be something really really meaningful for them as well Also, make sure that student leaders in your class are cheerleaders for this and all students. If you have some kids who are just extremely mature, you pull them aside and say, hey, if you see so-and-so doing a great job, make sure you tell them, give them a pat on the back, give them a high five, that kind of thing. It may be obvious that you have a student with special needs in that class, but sometimes it might not be. So you should tread lightly and be careful with this one because you don't want to disclose IEP information or confidential information about students with special needs uh, to any particular students in the class, even if they're your leaders, because that really isn't legal uh, to do. But, you know, if you tell your leaders, hey, look out for people who might need a little special encouragement, give them a wink, you know, tell them to give, you know, give those students high fives, I think they'll know what you mean. And then also, um, you want to find times for concert participation. So potentially, you know, a parent only wants to see their their son or daughter in one number in the concert. You know, find that out. You know, say, hey, when it comes to concerts, um, this might be a little difficult. You know, what are you looking to see? Uh, And potentially you can choose repertoire where the student can be successful and you can plan that into your program strategically. Um, I recently did a concert where I added a combined number between multiple choirs and added some percussion, some unpitched percussion uh, for a student that didn't have any verbal skills uh, but did have physical uh, grasping skills. And they were able to play a non-pitched percussion instrument and it didn't mess with with anything musically at all. It was a success for the choir. It was a success for the student. It was a success, success for the parent. And, of course, it was a success for me as a teacher uh, because I felt really good about giving that student a job as opposed to sidelining them like I know a lot of teachers can can do, unfortunately, because they just don't know what to do. And, um, you know, but just also make sure at the same time that you're aware of the rest of your choir uh, because you know you may have a you know minority population, minority meaning less um, of 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 the special needs kids in your class. You also have more potentially more kids um, who are regular ed who who need you. So whatever strategies you come up come up with, just make sure that. Um, You're not distracting from the other kids in your class because I know we always talk about catering to the lowest common denominator and that kind of thing, which is a little bit rude to say. Um, But you do want to make sure that your class is still engaging and moving forward. Uh, So leaning on choir buddies and things like that to help you and, and student leaders to help you make your job easier is really important in keeping your regular ed choir students engaged. And then very lastly, just delight in the fact that you did something amazing for a child. Uh, remember, we, we're here to put students first. We're here to put your choir members first ahead of ourselves. And sometimes it's a bit of a pain in the butt uh, to have to reach out and do this extra work. But you you know that you will feel good about it when, when you get it done. There will be less anxiety over, um, you know, potentially a parent or an administrator finding out that you just haven't done something to help that child um, that you've, or that you've just been putting it off and you finally bit the bullet and you went out there and you, you did the right thing and you're doing right by this, by this child or these children and you can feel good about it. So uh, choir nation, I think you're all also just really awesome people and this is the kind of thing you would do anyway, but hopefully uh, this episode has helped you uh, to come up with some additional ideas. Hopefully, you can steal some things. Um, I hope you you check out Calendly. I don't get any any money or anything like that for, for um, supporting them, uh, but I think it's a really cool uh, tool to use. Uh, so go to ryanguth.com forward slash TT049 for the show notes. I have some bulleted points there so you don't forget anything. And uh, if you have an interest in supporting the Find Your Forte podcast, hit me up on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash findyourforte. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week, Choir Nation, and I hope to see you tomorrow and next week and for weeks to come and on Facebook. Thank you for listening to Find Your Forte with Ryan Guth. As always, join Ryan online at www.ryanguth.com for detailed show notes and discussions on every episode. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Until next time, be amazing.